going to spend some time talking about AI here now, um, including the latest announcement from Meta. We'll get to that later. Ooh, creepy stuff. But the AI train has left the station, right? I mean, we've talked about this before. Our government yesterday, or earlier, a couple of days ago, uh, talking about their new voluntary code of conduct that they're introducing to try and regulate AI while they work on getting actual legislation. Uh, I don't know if a voluntary code is going to help us. I don't know if you can regulate it at this point. That's the thing about technology. Once once the horses are out of the barn, good luck catching them, right? Who knows where it's going to go? And this, this tech already exists. So I don't know. There's good, there's bad. Let's talk about it because one of the things that people are concerned about, you saw all the labor issues that have been going on around North America, right? And I don't care if you're talking port workers, you're talking Hollywood writers, AI, uh, for uh, automatic manufacturers. AI has been part of all of those conversations because we know that this is going to be transformative when it comes to the way that we work. And people, yes, will lose their jobs. There's there's no question about it. So at this point in time, the train, as I say, has left the station. And I think the choice now, get on board that train or or get run over. I, I think that's sort of where we're at because we're not going back here. Uh, and it's like that in so many different industries, pretty much all of them. I mean, there's some hands-on stuff where I don't know how AI is going to affect it, but it will. There's no doubt. Um, it's already rewriting how things are done in a lot of different industries, all kinds of different ways. Uh, we're going to have a conversation now with Dr. Mohammed Mamdani, who is the Vice President of Data Science and Advanced Analytics at Unity Health in Toronto. Doctor, thank you for being here. I do appreciate your time today. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. So when we take a look at you know what AI has done, it, it's made its way into healthcare, right? It's, uh, it, it's there, it's being used, right? Yeah, actually, uh, at our hospital, for example, we have deployed over 50 AI-based solutions into, into practice, and they're running as we speak. Uh, what, do they, what do they do? Like, when we talk about, you know, 50 different applications, how? Like, wh- how are you using AI? Sure. Uh, so there's there's lots of different applications. Uh, one of them is more on the, um, the human effort productivity side, for example. Um, a, a very complex task and it's really tedious to be honest is assigning our nurses to the different zones in the emergency department there are all sorts of rules that people have to adhere to it's a very complex thing that's historically been handled on excel and spreadsheets uh, and uh, paper yeah and uh, it usually takes our hours every day and our error rates or repeat rates are over 20 percent Wow. So we actually have an algorithm that, quote-unquote, watches all of our nurses and see who's working where, when, with whom. And uh, we've been able to decrease the effort put in from two to four hours every day to under 15 minutes. And our error rates have went from 21% to under 5%. This is one example. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, um, saw, I saw some media reporting talking about how it's getting involved in scheduling. And it was fascinating the way you're using yeah. AI to sort of model, predict, and tailor your scheduling. Tell us about that. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's incredible because we do have all these complex rules when we schedule. And uh, it depends on all sorts of variables. Like, for example, with our, our nurse assignment tool, a senior nurse has to be with the junior nurse, has to be with the team lead. You can't work in the same zone with the same nurse over the past 48 hours. There's all sorts of rules. And then when you get into patient scheduling, how sick is the patient? Uh, is an urgent procedure to bump the others when somebody comes in with a trauma? All sorts of complexity. The reality of it is there's typically, I would say, hundreds of things that you need to consider to really move in a really rapid-paced environment. Hundreds of, of factors. 
And uh, if you look at the literature, Miller, who was a famous psychologist from the 1950s, was able to famously show that the average human can process seven plus or minus two things at the same time. Okay. So, of course, we're going to struggle, and, and we're <laughs> exactly. not going to be as good as we could be. <laughs> and AI can handle many, 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 many times more without a problem. Many, many times more. It's, uh, it's incredible how rapidly it could handle not just seven, but millions of factors within seconds. Yeah, so I mean, some of the things I saw in the in the story where you know you're you're putting together the schedule for the ER that weekend. It's like, okay, is there a major event? What's the weather going to be like? And it can incorporate all of those different factors. It's incredible. Absolutely, and and you know, just uh, to drive that point home on the clinical side, uh, we have an AI algorithm. So if you come to our hospital, it will monitor you every hour on the hour. It's all automated. Nobody has to do anything. The AI is actually constantly pulling in new data that comes in lab values, vital signs, it's crunching through all of that data, and every hour on the hour, it characterizes you as low, medium, or high risk, and it predicts if you're going to die or go to the ICU in the next 48 hours. And as soon as it reaches a high-risk threshold, it pages a medical team. We've seen, uh, it's, we've de- deployed it almost three years ago, and we've seen a substantial drop in mortality. These things save lives. Amazing. How long have you been using it? Like, when did it start sort of being introduced and, and being part of the way that the uh, hospitals run? Yeah, I think we uh, we started our program, really the, the base of it started around 2016, 2017, where we started developing our infrastructure. And then we actually started developing, deploying tools around 2019, 2020, so about three, four years ago. Um, and that's where, but our model is very simple. Um, and this is where I think society has, um, may have issues with AI. Our model is simple. We don't let the AI drive the problems or the solutions. We let our clinicians and our community say what we work on and develop the AI solutions. So we're very much in control of the AI solutions. Now, the the issue here, and Stats Canada has said in the most recent report that about 40% of Canadian workers are going to be affected by this transformation as tech and AI really start to take over. Some people are going to lose their jobs. Have you seen that? Has that happened in the hospitals? Yeah. I would argue close to 100% of people are going to be affected by it. Yeah, you're probably right. It's, it's going to be permeating everything. Now, in terms of who loses their job and who doesn't, uh, I think that's really dependent on how we as a society dictate how things should move. If, what I mean by that is, again, in our place, it's really driven by people in terms of what we work on. There are initiatives, I can tell you, uh, certain areas where we could cut staff by 20 to 30% easily Hmm. Um, but we've chosen not to do it because number one uh we we do think that that's not a very human way to do things yeah Yeah. um and and number two as a society we we've actually decided that uh we we need that interconnectivity and we, we we can't replace them so instead what we focus largely on is how do we make our lives easier because we are so understaffed to begin with. Right. How do we make it so we can spend more time with patients and, and through AI actually make care more human? Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you because we talk about sure job loss is great. Uh, not great. I mean, uh, we, we need to, of course, that's going to be an issue that we have to solve. But at the same time, we know we have many issues in healthcare right now. And if you are freeing up doctors and other, you know, uh, healthcare staff to do things that you know, could this be transformative? and help solve some of these major problems that we know we're all trying to tackle right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, what that will mean is that we need we need to constantly learn, and we need to constantly adapt. Because, you know, I, I guess uh, speaking to people in Alberta, we've been to this rodeo before. So mm-hmm. if we look at, mm-hmm. look at the uh, technological revolution, or the industrial revolution, for example, 
you know, way back when, no more switchboard operators, right? Um, there aren't pin setters anymore. So any of these revolutions, we've seen it multiple times throughout history, will result in change. And what I would suggest to people is that AI, I don't think, is going to replace people. But people who use AI will relate, replace people who don't use AI. Okay. So the message is figure out how to be involved Learn. in AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And embrace it and be part of it rather than fear it and run away from it. Yeah, and and that's the thing, because like you say, there, I don't know if there is a single industry, a single job that won't in some way be touched by this eventually. And and it, and and the power of it, doctor, is mind-boggling what it can do. It is. It really, really is. It's uh, it's incredible what in our in our hospital just here in Toronto how much of a difference it's making. It is uh, going to send um, significant waves over the next, I would say five to ten years throughout society in general. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's going to change so many things. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate you being here.